0: Welcome once again to the Vantage Performance Podcast. I'm Phil Dobby. Today, high-performance teams. Now, it goes without saying that every business needs to operate at maximum efficiency, but do they? Well, when the business is in trouble and there's a need for a turnaround, then a lot of things have to happen very quickly to get things heading in the right direction. And to undertake a massive change in the business takes a lot of fast work. So at that point, you need a high-performance team imagine then when you take that learning having been through that experience and you come out the other end with a a new way of operating and continue with it beyond those hard times imagine the impact that's going to have i mean your business is going to continue to grow you're going to continue to adapt you're going to win market share all of a sudden you become a formidable force so what even if your business isn't in dire straits it's time to question whether you could do more, whether you could develop a high-performance team. So let's talk to Michael Fingland about this. He's the owner and CEO of uh, Vantage Performance. Uh, Michael, let's look at those co- companies that are in trouble, first of all. I mean, they've engaged you guys to help with the turnaround. So how long are we talking about to turn a company that was in trouble into uh, a company that's going to become a high-performance company that you know other people are going to look at in, in awe, I guess? Mm.
1: Yeah, so the, the three critical phases to every turnaround or performance improvement uh, project, the first critical phase when when a client presents in some form of financial or operational crisis, the first 100 days is all about stability. Mm. So rapid deployment of our team to to look at cash flow, working capital, finance facilities, uh, sorting their working capital and, and looking at ways we can stabilise the business from a cash flow point of view. That then gives us time to in parallel with them working on all the key issues that got us into this position in the first place, yeah. uh, what solutions can we can we bring to the table, and then start looking at uh, putting together a turnaround plan which we can then sell to all the key stakeholders to, to maintain or strengthen their support. So that first critical 100 days uh, is, is, is that first phase where it's all about stability, convincing the stakeholders that we've got a plan and it's a viable plan and we're into execution mode. The next period of you know, six to twelve months is all about that execution phase. Yeah. So, you know, and and we're working towards that high performance culture.
0: So a little over a little over a year, you're leaving a company. I mean, very differently. I mean, it's it it's a bit like, isn't it? You know, those uh, those large ships that you see that take forever mm. to turn around, and mm. you know, mm. bloody difficult to turn around. So that hundred days, I guess it, it it's critical. But a lot of that is, it sounds like a lot of that is just uh, number crunching, looking at the figures in the in the beginning.
1: Uh, about twenty-five, thirty percent is the number crunching. So, in that first hundred days, whilst we're doing a lot of financial work to stabilise the business, there's a lot of operational restructuring that's done in the business as well to mm. so start addressing productivity, you know, low morale, uh, issues with the corporate brand. Um, you know, if there are some issues with uh, with the c- connectivity through to their customer base, so a lot of those things are being worked on in that first hundred days. But roughly a third of the time is spent on financial restructuring. Roughly one third on operational, and the rest is, is a, a huge focus on, on managing all the key stakeholders to get that position of stability. And then, then as we start implementing and execution is so critical uh, through all those phases. But from from 100 days through to the, the end of that first 12 months, that's all about uh, incremental improvements in the business, getting the business model right, and, and getting getting the business back to positive cash flow, positive earnings, and then. You know, some some businesses can turn very quickly, and you know it's a three-month liquidity issue, and we can solve it pretty quickly. But a lot of turnarounds, uh, you're talking 12-18 months, because there's usually a couple of uh, shocks to the business or, or some hiccups along the way that are from external um, uh, from the external environment. So uh, that 12-18 months is your typical time frame to get a business back to um, or moving it towards that high-performance uh, process, right. and then and then it's just continuing to build uh, upon up there.
0: So companies that haven't reached that stage yet, uh, mm. who want to become high performance, I guess, uh, I mean, what should they do? I guess there's there's an issue here, because there might be some companies that are, I mean, how do you know? There might be some companies that are saying, well, we are a high performance team, mm. <laughs> but, but maybe they're not. Maybe they've got it wrong. Maybe things are moving faster than they imagine. They think that they're working quickly, but their competitor down the road yeah. uh, is actually, you know, at a different rate of knots.
1: Yeah, and a lot of, a lot of and this is true from, from SME through to large corporate uh, which is our client base. A lot of corporates, a lot of management teams, uh, only can comp- well, one they may may just be comparing themselves to the industry, mm. and but that that sells a lot of businesses short. You should always be aiming to actually out outperform, you know, industry benchmarks, and that's that's what high performance culture is all about. High performance teams are all about is not just trying to match industry best practice, but trying to get 10, 20 percent above that, and and that's what our core focus is: shooting for above uh, industry best practice. And you know, half, roughly half of our clients uh, are in some form of turnaround phase. The other half, you know, we're working with high-growth uh, high, high businesses, uh, businesses that are making money, and it's all about how do we turn them into high-performance uh, businesses and, and actually get, get to that position ahead of where their competitors are. And the, the edge that we've got in, in any firm that does turnaround, the skills you learn in turnaround really hone your ability to then work with normal performance improvement type Assignments and actually get results much faster,
0: mm. uh,
1: because the uh, in turnarounds you're 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 always working in very tight timetables. You've got some really fundamental issues to deal with. You've got to get to the answers, or you've got to get to the key issues uh, very very quickly. You've got to stabilise the business. You've got to be able to identify what are the solutions that are going to work. What are the key changes to the business model that will will maintain or rebuild support with the stakeholders to give them faith that you know uh, we're. We know what got us here, and we know how we're going to get out, and then, and that, that, that all has to be ha- has to be done in, in a really rapid timetable. So, um, get to those answers very quickly, and then, and that's twenty percent of it. Eighty percent of it is is, is execution, but it- uh, rel- relentless execution uh, and the nimbleness to be able to to modify the plans along the way because of those external uh, impacts that might happen uh, in, you know, during that sort of 12, 18 months. Process.
0: so that's in a turnaround situation in a high performance team that's maybe not turning around is the I mean that the, they, they've got to be uh, identifying those the, those same critical issues as they come along and acting on them quickly is that the difference the fact that they're continually questioning is that what makes a high performance team different from a uh, a team that's performing less well
1: well the high performance team are always analyzing they're mm-hmm. always testing and measuring uh, their initiatives their business model and the, 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 the critical skill and turnarounds that we apply and you know, have applied over the last 15 years into into our performance improvement assignments is is that ability to rapidly analyse with clear objectivity uh, and and knowing what initiatives will work and what what won't. Uh, in turnarounds, you don't have an option of of you know, executing the wrong strategy because you, you fail. Yeah. So that ability to continually hone that skill in a tight timetable means that you can deploy uh, initiatives in, in the high performance space much quicker and much faster than our clients competitors will be doing it so you get a jump on the, on the market and and you can start deploying those initiatives much faster and get get quick traction so they can start taking market share off the competitors
0: right but you've got to know how to do it because if you because there's a danger isn't there that if you uh, if you're always changing direction i mean you it could it, it can almost be panic you know that you're you just clutching at straws sometimes
1: oh uh, companies in a, in a tornado mode they they may be, but uh, once you've done you know years and years and years of turnarounds, you you just know what initiatives will work and what won't. Mm. So we we reduce the the mistake rate, if you like, uh, when a client's in turnaround or if they're in a performance improvement phase. So we we just know what to deploy and when to deploy it and how to motivate and rally the troops to to keep the staff motivated, keep the stakeholders motivated, keep the communication going, so everyone knows what the plan is and how to execute and what it means for them and what part they play. The, the, the skills we learn antenna turn just enable us to do it in a much faster timetable so it, it, it brings forward the results of of, of those performance improvement initiatives and we galvanise the culture uh, in, in, a, in a much faster way as well. And, and that's what it's all about. You know, Really high performance management teams just know how to analyse their business consistently, know how to deploy initiatives to address key issues they've got in a very tight timetable. Companies that are slow to react to issues like that, often then find themselves into, in a turnaround situation over time, uh, and it's just to, you know, really we're, we're applying best practice management techniques in, in a tight in a, in a timetable, and so you just hone those skills and hone those skills, and then the key is to, is to embed that knowledge that we've got into our clients, so um, you know, we're turning each, each division, if you like, into, into their own high-performance team. Uh, so we can then pull out and and then continue on with that journey.
0: So the only high performance, I mean, the high performance teams that we might have seen, something that you know that's visible. I mean, a lot of this got, obviously goes on behind uh, behind closed doors. I mean, in just in our everyday lives, uh, what teams do you see that work well?
1: Uh, the uh, I'll answer that in two parts. The the analogy that we use here is uh, when, you, when you think about a pit crew in a Formula One race. Yeah. That. That, that's a high-performance team in, in every aspect. You've got, uh, you've got, you've got a tight timetable, you've got to get um, the, 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 the car in and out in a very rapid um, scale. You'll, there's multiple uh, teams working on, on the car at any one time and multiple issues underway and they've got to be in sync. That, that, that's a high-performance team uh, personified. And, and that's, that's really what our turnaround team and what every really good turnaround team is like. <laughs> and you're trying to instill that culture into into uh, into every business.
0: Is it sustainable? Can you keep that up? I mean, they you know they go and have a few beers after a race. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know they don't only do it for a short period of time. Can a business keep that sort of momentum?
1: They have to, um, mm. and and that's that's the that's the secret and the the key attribute of every high performance team is, um, you, you you go slow when you need to, uh, when when you can, but it's the ability to ramp up and and rapidly deploy initiatives when you have to. That, that's, a, that's a critical um, component to every high-performance business.
0: And have they knowing got what, have they got flexibility built into that? I mean, you yeah. you get the impression, don't you, that ev- everyone's got their job there. You know, uh, in the pits, uh, yeah. do they have flexibility in what they're doing, or are they sort of pre-programmed to do the same things right. over and over again?
1: Flexibility is absolutely key, and and being nimble. So knowing, because sometimes you might have the the best initiatives in place, but an external shock might happen, um, yeah. uh, which is outside your control. So the ability to actually um, stop and turn and uh, redeploy those initiatives at a later date and, and replace them with something else in the meantime that is critical, that nimbleness and that flexibility and so yeah, if, you, if, if you're going back to that sort of pit crew analogy you know, uh, another car might have come up the inside in, in the pit lane and, and actually um, you know, disrupted the, the work that's going on or there might be a, a, um, a fuel leak, so that ability to rapidly bring something else in such as the the, the fire crew mm. if that's the issue put it out and then get back to what you're doing that, that's, that's really what um, is, is critical in any high performance business is that flexibility to, to stop and turn and be nimble And then get back to the core game.
0: It's a danger as well that some businesses tend to think in a too linear fashion. You know, I mean, you've got to do a lot of things at once, really, haven't you? If you're doing things quick, I mean, there's a lot of things happening in that pit stop, Um, and everyone's working. uh, I think you said, you know, it's in in tandem. It's more than in tandem, isn't it? Because there's so many of them, uh, and it's all somehow coordinated.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's a skill that every every CEO today has to have in spades: the ability to to manage multiple teams, and that stakeholder management piece that I was talking before, that there has to be an overweight skill set in, in every CEO today and, and, and the board um, and owners of the business to, to have that relentless um, multiple focus on stakeholders from, from all areas, so employees, staff, uh, employees, um, customers, unions, shareholders, the market, analysts, financiers, you have to have that uh, in your in your vision and have a strategy to manage them relentlessly, uh, to keep them supportive of the plans you've got in place.
0: So it's all about execution, isn't it? I mean, you've said, you know, obviously you've got to f- mm. find out where the issues are, and continually ask yourself uh, what new issues have have come up, so that uh, so you can tackle them. But it is all mm. to do with the, with the execution. So yeah. where where are most businesses letting themselves down here? Because some businesses just take a hell of a long time to get anything mm. done.
1: Well, the two key components to that, 20% of it is getting to the answers quickly. Yeah. A lot of businesses uh, muddle oh. along and they're not prepared to think uh, radically enough to get to the key answers of what needs to be done, that first 20%. Uh, so they, they take three, six, nine months, too long to get there. And, and, and often in today's environment, you've got to be thinking quite radically. Um, you know, Intel, g- going back to the, the, the 70s, early 80s, uh, they were into uh, memory chips. That was their big, big product, and they were market leader in in memory chips uh, back then, the DRAMs. And along came you know, the Japanese um, uh, market, and prices fell 80% in in two three years. Yeah, they were they faced with, you know, do we continue with um, uh, memory chips or do we totally totally turn 180 and go into microprocessors? Now that's a situation and a perfect example where a business Uh, made a a radical uh, business decision and went and totally changed their product range into microprocessors. And and we know what what the end result was there. If they had a state in in, in, in memory chips, um, they they wouldn't be here today. So businesses, and this personifies what a lot of businesses are not doing at the moment. They're not thinking radically enough. And the secret uh, and one of the key things that we've learned over the last 15, 20 years in doing turnarounds is there have to be one or two big strategic decisions made to, to change the course. Mm. Tinkering around the edges just does not work in 90% of the cases. Yeah, but You need to be thinking radically and you need to get those answers quickly. And That's what most businesses don't do uh, and, and and that's still only 20%. That's still only 20% of the, the, the answer. Then you've got the execution phase, which is 80% and that skill of being um, really focused, managing those multiple things in tandem, uh, managing those stakeholders all the way through, not just the core initiatives but all the parties that have an impact on those initiatives and that and that ability to be nimble and, and, and change pitch as, you, as you're going through that phase uh, that's that's the, the hardest bit of any turnaround and and uh, any, any wider performance improvement type initiative um, and uh, this sounds like
0: a job for two different leaders to me, though. In a way, you know, the, the person who might be able to say, well, look, I can get to the root of the issues here and, uh, and mm-hmm. make some strategic decisions about why, where we're heading could very well be a very different person to the person who's actually going to execute uh, that plan very well. Yeah. Uh, and yet, we you know, are we expecting too much from one person, I guess?
1: No, no we're not. It, it, is, it is often the case in a you know, sort of large corporate situation where a business you know, in a really dire financial uh, position needs a turnaround type person to go in there and, and lead the business uh, at a CEO or or a GM below the CEO to really you know make those critical decisions sell the sell, sell sell the the plan to all the stakeholders and then and then execute uh, and then once the business is back to stability and it's back into growth phase then bring in either oh, that person exits or you bring in more of a growth CEO or GM then uh, often, though, um, and that's a mistake in turnarounds is to go in and replace the CEO first off. That's, that's, that's often the worst thing you can do straight away. Mm. Um, often all that's needed is to supplement the incumbent CEO or GM with a chief restructuring officer or, su- or a turnaround professional that sits in the management team and provides that critical uh, advice, the objectivity, and then they take charge of implementing a lot of those initiatives to allow the CEO to stay focused on the core business. So it's not about replacing or having two different types of CEOs. It's about bringing in the skills and that clear objectivity and the execution skill uh, with with the additional uh, hiring of one or two specialists in that area. So you can keep the management team intact, and they keep focused on the core business and managing the core business whilst those restructuring activities are being dealt with by a professional that's come in as an interim executive into into that business team. That also plays a role in, in... in advising the board as well that's often the answer as opposed to having two different ceos
0: so well before you get to the stage well maybe not well before but before you get to the stage at some point for that that need for a turnaround and trying to avoid it Mm. um there's probably a lot of companies now who are looking at a a few metrics that are not heading in the right direction you know Mm. and they quite possibly are saying oh that's the economy uh, that's that's causing that mm. uh, I mean it's a dangerous time isn't it because if times were good and they were looking at some of those statistics they might be going uh, these figures are going down that's not good mm. uh, but now they're blaming external factors mm. if they I mean whether they're internal or external they mm. uh, th- those figures need to, to be turned around mm. um, and I guess that's why every company needs to think in terms of being a high performance team all the time whether they're exactly. in trouble or not or whether they've started to turn in the wrong direction.
1: Absolutely and the, this is not you know, a one-off thing. This is, you, you've got to embed this process into the culture of the business at every level, and, and that's what I was talking about before. We always embed this knowledge and the systems and the tools and, and, the, and the way we do things into our clients, so we know that when we pull back and we might now just be sitting on their board or, or or just in a mentoring type type capacity, we know that those those philosophies have been embedded in there, uh, and uh, and that process just c- continues on, but. One of the, the critical things about the current climate that every business needs to be thinking about. Shocks to, to industries and to businesses will always happen. You can never predict when a recession is going to happen. You can never predict when a boom is going to happen. But what, what a high-performance team does and what separates them from everyone else is they are continually preparing their business to mitigate any external shocks, shocks that you know, you've got no control over. Mm. They're continually honing their business so they can weather any shocks, no matter when they happen, because you can never predict when it's gonna happen.
0: Or take but or take advantage are, of any opportunity, I should that's say. That's right, and yeah.
1: that's the critical bit about yeah. high performance teams. They are always you know, getting their balance sheet ready, Getting their systems and, and controls in place so they can weather any shocks to the business but also and then if there are shocks to the industry they can ca- capitalize on their competitors by executing faster and getting getting that high performance team working um or as the when the economy does turn and your industry starts to take off you can deploy and 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 get serious market share off your competitors because you're always thinking about what happens if i get an external shock to my business what stress testing do i need to do right now to protect my business cycle, so and can weather any, any shock that happens and then capitalise on the upturn when it comes.
0: Right. And Michael, you've given us a very good benchmark. Does your team work like a pit crew? Uh, and if it doesn't, <laughs> then yeah. it needs to is the answer. <laughs> uh, good to talk. Thanks for your time.
1: Cheers, Phil.